This is Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson from TeachersPD.net, giving you effective teaching and learning strategies for your classroom. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Effective Teaching Podcast. Today, I am interviewing John Bergman. John, can you just tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing? Because I know things have changed for you lately. Yeah, so I've got this weird privilege that, you know, I had this crazy opportunity, really a humbling opportunity to travel the world, tell people about how flip changes everything. And I really felt that I was called back to the classroom. So here I am standing in my classroom where I teach uh, five classes every day to students and I'm enjoying every minute of it. It's so good to have someone who's such a leader to actually then step out of that in one sense, to get back into the classroom, to actually put into practice all those things you've been teaching us for so long. Can you tell us a bit about where you see the future of flipped learning going? Because I know recently we talked about you changed the name of it, for example, into reaching every student. So where do you see the future of flipped learning going from where it is at the moment? Yeah, I mean, at the heart of good learning, I think all of us, and all of, all of your listeners know, at the heart of good learning always comes back to the one key word, I would say, relationships. If kids don't know that you care, they won't care what you know, right? So it's important to connect with students. And so the, the most powerful thing about book learning by far is definitely the opportunities, the additional time that you have where you can connect with students. And to me, that is the, that is the heart and soul of what makes flipped learning work. Definitely been my experience with flipped learning. I, I noticed when I started doing it, my relationships with my students got a lot deeper. I really knew where they were at and what their next steps were, and I knew more about just their personal interests and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you get to know not only, I mean, certainly you get to know their cognitive understanding or lack thereof, but also you get to really get to know who they are. Just, there's just additional contact time, and additional contact time leads to interesting conversations. Like yesterday, I had some students, we were having a conversation, and, and, and you know, Mr. Bergman is very unaware of popular culture. I've always been this way. And they were talking about some singer, and I said, so who is this person? And they said, really, Mr. Bergman? You don't know who that is? I said, yeah, and there was this guy coming through recently. His name was K-something West. And they said, who's Kay West? Well, Mr. Bourbon, you don't mean Kanye West. So I think I could remember who this guy's name was. He's apparently a very famous singer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he's, he's a, bit, a little bit famous, I would say. Yeah, Not, not necessarily for good reasons, though, I don't think. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't keep up with that stuff. <laughs> so. so what do you think, then, are the key things that you need to do in a flip learning classroom to make it more effective? Well, the key is that, you know, you're, you're moving the direct instruction to the individual space where the students are going to interact with it, you know, to be introduced to the content so that you can use class time to apply, analyze. I mean, it's just flipping Bloom's taxonomy on its head, right? Apply, analyze. You want to rethink what class time looks like. That's the key to the whole ballgame. And that's what makes it effective. That's why the research, there's tons of research now that basically says flip learning works, works, it works, it works, it works at Harvard Medical School and it works at small little community colleges and it works at primary schools, you know, in science and history and math, social studies and engineering and nursing and you name it, it works. So research says it works. I think the reason it works, actually, I would argue there's two reasons it works. Number one, relationships we talked about already. And number two, it provides active learning, you know, active learning wins. So that's the key to making, that's why this thing happens. It works. Okay. So if we're going to narrow it down to something that our listeners can do in the classroom, what is the most powerful thing that they could really do in a flipped learning classroom? So this is what I do every day is I 
have what I call mastery checks. So I'm not just doing flip, I'm doing flip mastery. So my students have to master the content before they move on. But there's the, the key to this is that we have lots and lots and lots of small individual small group and a one-on-one conversation. So a student has watched a video, for example, and done some questions around that are harder, like a kind of application or analysis level on a Bloom's taxonomy. We're going to sit down and have a conversation. And to make it work with large classes, it's a group of me and three or four kids. And then we're going to go round around and we're going to have them ask me a question. And as they ask me a question, I quickly know who gets it and who doesn't, right? Or who has misunderstandings and misconceptions. And then we have some of the richest conversations yeah, just today I just had some great conversation with students. The topic we're studying in our geology class is flooding. And I now live in Houston, Texas. And Houston, Texas, two years ago had a horrible flood. It was a hurricane that went through and dumped fifty inches. I don't know what that is in centimeters. About 120 something, or something, isn't it? 120 centimeters. Yeah. It was a horrible thing and all their homes were flooded. These kids get flooding. I mean, like you can't imagine. So we had just had some great conversations about some of the causes of the flooding. And, and they, they, they understand this other visceral level. But to understand it at the scientific level now, really, I saw tons of ahas happening, but one-on-one in small groups, not just sort of the big class discussion where the eyes roll back. This is all because they've already done the pre-learning. There were some, some cheesy videos that I made about how floods happen and et cetera, and et cetera. And, but now they start to apply it and see it. Yeah, I've got to say, one of the things that I did quite early on with my flip learning classroom too was actually to try and make sure I set aside in my week at least one lesson pretty much where I would go through my class and do, you know, those one-to-one interviews. I mean, I, I had small classes when I was flipping, but, yeah, I can see that really it just get, it gives you so much more insight into, into your students, I found. It just mm-hmm. really gives you those, oh, this is, what, you know, this is where you're stuck. Let me, let me fix that for you or let me, help, let me help you with that or let me at least tell you how you can go about starting to work on those things. So can you talk to me then a bit about how you see uh, flip learning and the, those kind of one-to-one or one-to-two you know, or three meetings actually creating lifelong learners? Well, the, the thing that's happening is, is it's creating curiosity. And curiosity, if we don't have curious people, then we got problems. So I, I really see this as an activator towards lifelong learning because they're just curious. And kids are curious by nature, and this is giving opportunities to even you know be curious, but also to have a kind of an adult conversation with somebody, right? So my, I've got high school students or you know, 17, 16, 15, 16, 17 years old, and for them to have a, an adult conversation with somebody about something you know related to what they're learning about is so powerful. And that's that's the kind of worker that we want, right? Who's a lifelong learner when they go out into this world where their jobs are going to change seven times. I mean, their whole careers will change seven times, I think, is the research I've seen recently. This is desperately needed in our schools. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, one of the reasons why my podcast focuses so much on the lifelong learners is because I see it basically as what's needed. Like when, when we talk about preparing students for their unknown futures, basically, if you teach them how to learn, it won't, it won't matter what that future is because whatever confronts them, whatever problem it is, if they know how to learn, they can go and do that learning themselves to overcome those problems. Yeah, I think it's irregardless of what I think you need a context. And it's, you know, I teach science, you know, physics and geology right now, but very few students are going to want to be geologists or physicists. They're going to go on and do whatever they're going to do. But if we can teach them how to learn, then we're setting them up for the future. Yeah, definitely. So can you then provide our listeners with just one thing that they could do today or this week that would have a great impact on their students in their classroom? Well, and I just go back to what I said earlier, do these mastery checks. You know, as you said that you did, carve out you know, at least one day a week. I mean, I do it every day, but carve out some time where you have a chance to sit down and chat with every student 
maybe, and it doesn't have to be one-on-one, it could be one-on-three, but in small groups at least, and have critical questions and, and then dialogue. And you are going to be like totally blown away by what they do and probably also what they don't understand. It's going to probably be a combo deal. If you do that, it'll change your perspective. It'll change how you think about schools, change how you think about your kids. Uh, it'll be a game changer. Can you give us a couple of examples of the critical questions that you like to ask your kids when you have those meetings? So it's, it's kind of lesson by lesson. So I try to think of sort of application level questions. So it's not just say define this, but why? I guess the big thing is why did this happen? And so like, you know, one of the problems as we talk about flooding is we have some dams here in Houston. The dams hold back something. And I try to say, what do the dams hold back? And of course, they always say water, but water isn't the only thing. I want them to get to the point in this conversation to realize that there's also sediments or dirt, if you will. And then as the rivers fill up, they make the reservoirs shallower, which then creates big flooding problems if you don't dig the dirt out. And and that was kind of my end goal, to get them to that stage. I wanted them to kind of come up with that on their own. So I, I was asking leading questions to get them to that point. That was the big objective for them to see. That's cool. I like that. That's just when you're thinking about flooding and dams, I'm just like, when, when you ask a question, put some of the things away in my mind too with things like, you know, it's holding back life too because it's water feeds life and also carries with it so many microbiome and you know, the animals that live in it as well, which I imagine would also affect a lot of your geographical landscape that you've got out there if you've got lots yeah. of really big dams like that. That's why I'm just, see, I'd like to learn. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a problem. <laughs> Well, John, thank you so much for giving up your time. I know you're busy. I know you're you're actually still at school. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate you giving up your time. I know that you're generally overly busy, especially now that you're not just running, you know, flip learning around the world, but you're also back in your classroom doing what you love to do. That's fantastic. Well, it's been great chatting with you. Thanks, John. You've been listening to Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson. Please visit teacherspd.net for more effective teaching strategies and online professional development.